Okay. Welcome back to House of Bravo, your weekly Housewives recap with a cosmic twist. I'm Emma, an astrocartographer and human design reader. And I'm Tasha, an intuitive astrologer based in Brooklyn, also known as the agent of Pluto. Um, speaking of Pluto, earlier this week, we actually had a solar eclipse in Scorpio, um, a sign that in modern astrology is actually co-ruled by both Pluto and Mars. Now, given I'm a Scorpio rising, Pluto and Mars are actually my chart rulers. So on top of the usual sun, moon, rising trio we might be more familiar with, chart rulers actually do play a huge role in your life as well. Um, so this was definitely an intense eclipse and Oh, I was definitely feeling it. What about you, Emma? Are there, do you have any intense eclipse stories? You know, I actually find Pluto to be a little more subtle of a player in my chart, which is Mm. not a word often associated with Pluto, I know. (laughs) Well, I mean, inherently Pluto can be subtle in its actions, but can really manifest loudly externally, especially if a person is not maybe recognizing the shadow effects of their Plutonian side. So with me, this transit is hitting my 10th or 11th house, depending on which house system we're looking at. And I'm seeing this eclipse as me shedding kind of all the bullshit from my past that has been holding me back from truly showing up in the public and in my career and getting acknowledged. So I also have been putting out so much content the past week or so with our mini-sode and all the posts we've been creating on Instagram. Mm -hmm. So it kind of drained me. And I'm looking forward to this upcoming lunar eclipse in November on the 8th, that's going to be taking place in Taurus that mm-hmm. will complete this eclipse cycle that we're currently in and hopefully find more stability and consistency, the words associated with Taurus and what I'm creating and sharing with others. It's prudent to, you know, perhaps give a little refresher since we are in the thick of this current eclipse season. Good point. Because this is one of those phrases we hear, like Mercury retrograde, that often is just assumed that people understand. Right, totally. So eclipse cycles follow the transits of the north and south node. Now, these quote-unquote nodes are not physical entities per se. Rather, they're points that have been calculated by the moon's placement in relation to the Earth's ecliptic. Which is a fancy way of saying the Earth's orbit around the sun. Mm -hmm. As the Earth orbits the sun, there are times when the moon seemingly blocks the sun from us here on earth, also known as a lunar eclipse, which occurs when the moon is full, and times when the earth comes in between the sun and the moon, which is when we experience a solar eclipse during a new moon. These points are 180 degrees apart, which in astrology is known as being in opposition to each other. So every 18-ish months, these nodal points move into a new astrological sign. And since the points are in opposition, we'll always have the north node in one sign and the south node in the opposite sign on the zodiac wheel. Right. So for example, the north node is currently located in Taurus um, with the south node currently in Scorpio. Both Taurus and Scorpio are on the same axes at you know, opposite ends of the spectrum. So loosely translated, this essentially is a time to let go of the past and obsessing over how things maybe could have been different, ultimately chasing a chapter of ease and stability. Nodes in astrological lore are related to karmic cycles. And so eclipses are a time when we're seeing destiny or karma play out in relation to the themes of the sign the nodes are currently in 
and where those signs fall in your particular natal chart. Effects of an eclipse can take some time to play out, so we're going to be closely following our housewives over the next month to see how they're affected by this phenomenon. Right. And just also to add really quick, eclipses are a time for new beginnings and endings. There's a lot of sensitive energy in the air usually leading up to an eclipse and no one was entering this energy force more chaotically than Lisa Rinna. Let's get going with Beverly Hills because I'm ready to put this season finally behind us. Ugh, same. It was like so uncomfortable watching last night. Uncomfortable is the word for it. Now, Rinna has been a love her or hate her character for years, but we see that Rinna now is kind of going off the rails and the public is responding. Mm-hmm. If we're using whole sign houses, this eclipse took place in Rinna's sixth house of day-to-day rituals, but also of work. And mm-hmm. we're hearing stories that Rinna's antics could lead to her being booted off the show. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, she really seems to be asking for that pause again. We mentioned a la Dorinda, but honestly, this would really be a good decision from a personal perspective. If we want to talk about the effect of this eclipse cycle in its entirety, right? Not only just her six houses getting rocked, if you will, but her 12 house is getting activated as well, which is a very, you know, I both know, you know, a very mental health oriented type of house. Astrologers refer to this as one of the dark houses for a few reasons, but with the 12th house, mainly because it's supposed to be linked to our unconscious mind, our repressed fears. And also, interestingly enough, it's also the house of secret enemies, which housewives are riddled with, and the house of solitude and confinement. So we generally think hospitals, rehabs, jails. Right. And, you know, that comment about solitude and confinement is really tracking well with her potential, her meaning Lisa's potential realizations around being put on pause. And I actually, you know, I can't help but wonder if Rinna, with all that Venusian energy of, you know, Taurus and her 12th, I wonder if she's internalizing a fear around stability, you know, and as it relates to relationships. I do think that does play into her dynamic with how she chose to meddle excessively with Kyle and Kathy. To me, it kind of, makes a lot of sense as her charts getting pieced together you know that cancer energy in the 11th and the Taurus energy in the 12th I I personally think Lois's death rocked Rinna's notions of stability as it relates to familial bonds and Rinna viewing this chosen family of dysfunctional housewives couldn't bear to see it wiped away for her sake especially while she's grieving Mm, really interesting point and Truly no joke. This eclipse season really came for the Beverly Hills housewives. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's just a deeply faded turning point, not just for the ladies themselves, but also for the show. Yeah, totally. I mean, with all these, you know, rumors about new cast members, shakeups, you also really see the emotional toll. All of this is taking on Kyle, the devolution of the Fox Force 5. I mean, clearly, you know, Kyle couldn't get through the episode without crying most of it. I don't think it's an astrological coincidence that the last episode of this reunion aired a day after this deeply transformative eclipse in Scorpio took place. Astrologer Eliza Kelly says there are no coincidences. Amen. So Kyle, who we think may be a Leo rising, I mean, look at that gorgeous hair. 
that would put Scorpio and this eclipse in her fourth house using whole sign or potentially the third house with the Placidus system. So these houses both have themes of family, third house specifically representing siblings and the fourth house representing the family unit. And we've seen in social news that Kyle has not been invited to family events recently, even though other members of her family, her daughters, still are invited. So we saw this past week on her page as well, her talking about her regrets from the season, how she wishes her sisters never came on the show, and how, just like the viewers, she's happy for this season to be done so she can move on. Right, right. And, you know, to be honest, I'm not entirely sure how much moving on is really being done. You know, we still see Kathy liking all these anti-Kyle messaging posts um, all on Instagram, low-key. And not even low-key. Not even <laughs> high-key. High-key likes. Um, But given Kathy's Mercury and Venus in Aries, both answering to her Mars in Gemini, I have a feeling this upcoming Mars retrograde stationing this weekend is gonna is gonna be really interesting interesting for Kathy interesting for how she navigates her relationship with Kyle I mean Kathy is effectively going through her Mars return right yeah which for those who might be unfamiliar Mars return essentially describes a period of time where the current transiting planet in this case Mars makes its return to the original point at that person's birth so we mentioned last week, Rinna's going through her Saturn return, and that's a 29-ish year cycle. But a Mars return happens much more frequently, around every two years or so. And these returns of Mars involve kind of personal resourcefulness. It, it talks to your, your go-getting energy, but also your assertiveness and can be tied to your anger. We definitely see this assertiveness start to arise out of Kathy, especially with all her social media activity as of late. Um, but also, it was so fascinating to watch her come for Rinna and Erica last night. So direct, um, so assertive, and really finally getting that justice for Kim moment we've been, or at least I've been, yearning for. In all honesty, what I've seen of Kathy kind of terrifies me. Mm. And maybe this is from her living such a privileged life all these years, but We've seen on this season that any slight bump along the road, whether that's frustration or disappointment, it sends her into a rage. <laughs> yeah, funny, but not funny. Funny, um, but not funny. Right, right. So hopefully this Mars return that she's experiencing will have her seeing that her rage is out of hand and uncalled for, especially with Mars in its shadow period before going retrograde this weekend, as you mentioned. So she's being faced again, we're talking about retrograde, like reliving things, revisiting. She's mm -hmm. being faced with what has likely been kept behind closed doors for so many years. It's now being played out on a public forum. And I I'm personally wondering if this reunion was Kathy's swan song, because we've seen more of her than she's wanted the public to see, in my opinion. Definitely, definitely. I mean, when she talked or she yelled about her sterling reputation, I'm like, LOL, okay, Kathy. Like, especially <laughs> when we have read or heard about all the shit that went down with Paris Hilton. And again, of course, I'm not like, you know, trying to admonish that relationship. And they seem to be on much better terms. And Paris clearly is standing up for her mom in a lot of posts. But all I'm saying is sterling reputation. I'm going to say more gray matter than silver. Yeah, I don't know about mended, but hopefully things are on track to getting better for the Richard sisters' sake. 
all this to say there's never a dull day in Beverly Hills, even if we're over them. Mm-hmm, absolutely. I'm I'm so done though. <laughs> For now. Well, before we're finally done, and now that we've gotten to the end of the season, Tasha and I would like to introduce a segment that we call LVP or MVP, where we divulge the most valuable player and least valuable player of the season. Oh my gosh, I feel like there should be some sort of like music build up for this, like little drum roll. <laughs> little drum roll. All right. So Tasha, should I kick it off? Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm dying to hear who your MVP is. Okay. All right. So MVP was hard because the season was rough, as we've mentioned ad nauseum at this point. And there really isn't anyone that I want to give it to on the cast. So my MVP goes to Kimo Sabi for giving us the most entertaining scene of the season (laughs) and being the start of the snowball to the drama that has ensued and is still going on. Oh my gosh. That is so funny. And then who's your, who's your LVP? hate to say it, but my LVP is going to be Crystal. She didn't add anything to the cast. I think she's more problematic than people point out. And for more on that, you can check out the Real Reality Realness episode, Crystal is No Diamond, where Cherie Laveau breaks that down in much more detail. mm, Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a I think it's very interesting, these choices. I mean, I love your, I mean, I love both of them. I think it definitely was not what I was expecting. So, <laughs> you know, I would say my MVP would definitely be Garcelle. Um, I think that I loved her use of SAG energy and I really, you know, wielding truth or will wielding sort of the public microphone and really kind of, handling and navigating a whole lot of bullshit being thrown at her with such grace and we keep talking about how you know she's really had to weather a lot of shit and even in a reunion with Andy that's tough but um my LVP would be who honestly I would say Diana only because I'm you know I understand the role you bring as a one season cast member but to be honest I don't really feel like she got her way in any main conversations I feel like she was just truly trying to instigate or I don't know it was just very defensive and very self-entitled and privileged like hello murder okay like shut the fuck up but other than that I mean yeah she would be my LVP for sure although to your point I would love to see her on Dubai maybe that would be interesting yeah yeah I feel like it's hard with a one season wonder because people don't really get to see the fullness of you you don't necessarily know how to show up so I would be intrigued by seeing more Diana ultimately as we've said we're glad this is over and now we can focus on the really good content like what's been happening over in Potomac oh my god Zen Win with the hot mic drop I I mean oh gosh Emma okay I have to ask you as someone with a ton of Gemini placement a Gemini stellium I'm gonna need you to explain what the fuck happened here with Miss Wendy. I mean, technically, right? She did say she never called Mia a liar in the past in historical terms. And she only just called her a liar here. So, I mean, I guess there's like some element of truth. Listen, I don't want to attribute what Wendy is doing here to being a Gemini. We are often given this stereotype of being two-faced, but I know many Geminis other than myself, and this is not how two-faced plays out. Generally, with a Gemini, 
you know, we're multifaceted, we're mutable, we tend to overthink things, but not really on a deep level. So this leads to us changing quickly and plays out as we may say Mm. one thing one minute, but then we get some new information and that changes our opinion. This is where that stereotype comes from. Okay. I appreciate you breaking that down. (laughs) Yeah. It's not blatantly being a liar, which is really what it seems like Wendy's doing here in this scene. So I'm not claiming this for team Gemini. Sorry, Wendy. Yeah, I guess. I mean, technically she's not lying. Well, she might be. We don't know what she said before. It just wasn't caught on camera. Oh, that is true. That's fair. Yeah. So however, so Wendy does have a Scorpio Mars. She's looking to sting someone and her Aquarius moon just so happens to be squaring not just her Mars, but also her Saturn in Scorpio. So I'm seeing this as she's looking to teach someone a lesson here. Side note, something that's really interesting about Wendy's chart is basically all of her planets are interacting with every other planet through a web of aspects. So nothing with Wendy is as it seems. And there is a lot of unraveling to do with her chart. I'm curious to see where Wendy's story goes this season. I absolutely loved her on her first season, but I'm thinking fame might have gone to her head and she was not the same person her second season. I'm not just talking about the body transformation, but Mm. anyway, speaking of people not telling the truth, uh, we have to go to Mia. Oh gosh. Yeah. I mean, Mia won straight up lying about Chris staring at her in the opening party hell like it's so funny credit to producers for all the look away shots you know like I'm not a fan of that perception but either way Mia has a mercury in sag which you know traditionally is often a placement associated with what we believe as the truth however it is conjunct for Neptune so they're right by each other or on top of each other which brings about some hazy or perhaps even rose-colored perspectives to a situation so she may or may not be seeing things so clearly, so to speak. Seems like she's jumping on the bandwagon to be liked. Mia gives me kind of that vibe of being the girl who wants to be accepted into the cool group. Um, mm. But when you look at her placements, they're all very strong on their own. So I think that she just needs to work on being authentically herself. And that's when she'll find that she's finally accepted by the rest of the group. It would be actually interesting because the way you just mentioning this, this just triggered it. It makes me really think of her as a Leo rising low key with this sense of being accepted for your natural voice. Um, just a thought that I had randomly. Mm. Yeah. Whatever her rising sign is, it's clear that Mia is not standing in her astrological power. And to further back this up, Mia's Chiron, which represents our deep wound generally from childhood, is in Gemini. So this often speaks to someone being put down for how they either speak or what they think. I'm feeling like she may be having some PTSD from childhood days and reverting back to that dynamic of going along with the crowd so as not to be singled out. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's like a, I mean, it's always so fascinating, right? When you trace trauma a little bit, see how it's affecting your actions in your day to day. But you know, curiously, who also has a Chiron in Gemini, you know, someone we've been talking about a lot on the show, Whitney Rose. Um, You know, it's just another astrological reason why it's so important for her to be, quote unquote, speaking her truth, even if she might be, you know, on a runaway train and might be a little chaotic at times. But hey, I feel like 
going through, you know, leaving the Mormon church is a huge undertaking. And there's no doubt those effects are going to, you know, bleed down into everything else for her. My favorite Whitney moment this episode, actually this season so far, was probably a throwaway one for most. But in her Mm. confessional, when she was talking about why it was not ideal that Jen's court date was pushed out, if we think back to last season, everyone was praising her, even Andy, for breaking down the legal jargon as it was coming out about Jen. And here, once again, we see her literally laying down the law and explaining why this is not a great thing for Jen, mainly like the prosecution is likely using this time to bolster a stronger case against her. So Mm. here we're seeing Whitney's sun and Mercury in Libra. These are signs that share a symbol with the law, the scales of justice. We're seeing that she's being judicious and that comes through in her breakdown of Jen's legal happenings. Yeah. And it's interesting, right? You also see that energy with Meredith, like, okay, coming through with that NY district case rate statistic. Yes. So casual and funny. And, you know, maybe, maybe it'd be worth considering that Meredith might be a Libra rising. She does like pink. Um, but you know, you know, who is disengaging (laughs) and disengaging, like it's such a lawyer thing to say. So, you know, who knows? Um, but you know who is not actually being judicious and fair or seemingly judicious, right? Fucking Heather. Okay. Mm. Heather invites Angie to ski. And with that Cancer Sun and Scorpio Moon, I fucking don't buy that she did not think this through. And if anything, I bet she overthought it the fuck through. You know what I mean? Like, it just screams a little more manipulative or it seems a little more, there's a lot more to her decision and you know sure she can be funny with that sag rising energy and we usually love her for her exuberance and her humor and keeping it real but I'm not entirely sure real is reality here not gonna lie I did not think Heather can do any wrong in my eyes but unfortunately she proved me wrong this whole ski day Heather seemed off It doesn't seem like the genuine, caring person we have come to love. First inviting Angie, then with her apology to Whitney Mm. and her apology to Lisa about inviting Angie. Oh, right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like Heather has her son conjunct. So again, on top of North Node in Cancer. And this is squaring her Mars conjunct Saturn in Libra. So in the past, we've seen this playing out as her struggling with those placements to do the right thing while wanting to please everyone. Now, I'm not sure what was going on with her here. And I honestly wish we had a date stamp so that we could look up the transits and maybe get some more insight into this other side of Heather. Oh, I know. Details are so key. LOL at my Virgo placements. Um, (laughs) But this thought did just occur to me. How inherently scorpionic Heather seems to be, right? If we think about it, you brought up Heather having her North Node and and Sun in Cancer. It just so happens that it's in the eighth house of intimacy, sex, shared resources, death, and taxes. Inherently, it's a house that is very much traditionally linked to Scorpio energy. Now, on top of that, you know, I said at the beginning of the episode, you know, my chart rulers as a Scorpio rising are Pluto and Mars. Heather given that she's a sag rising, makes her chart ruler Jupiter. And Emma, where does she have her Jupiter? 
Ooh, in Scorpio. Yes, in motherfucking Scorpio in her 12th house right by her moon. Her moon, her natal moon's in Scorpio. Cancer being ruled by the moon. There's a deep connection with Heather's Cancer Sun and the Scorpio moon. Exactly. And I almost wonder if we're actually really seeing the real Heather. Because by both the moon and sun placements in her chart, they're both in dark houses, right? Like the 12th and 8th respectively. So while I do think her being a bad Mormon and, you know, really putting this book out there, really going through her experiences is a key part of her evolutionary journey. I am not entirely sure there's a full processing of these events, given how she's one reacting to Whitney's pain. And also, again, too, with Scorpio energy and Scorpio cancer energy, sorry, being so prominent in her chart in Heather's karma. This is going to be definitely a lifetime for her related to healing, regeneration and recovery. And, you know, of course, as we've said before, with cancer energy, there can be an element of over meddling in other people's shit to avoid dealing with your own emotional trauma. We saw with her interaction with Angie and then inviting her to ski. It was, it was so messy. Was Ugh. Messy. Ugh, yeah, honestly, I mean, emotions are messy, but gotta love them. And, you know, of course, for folks, we had mentioned at the beginning of the episode that this eclipse energy is really a big time of change. And so, you know, we really hope that you're actually taking the time for yourself for any big, messy emotions that might be coming through. Like, if you want to take that nap, because it's also overwhelming, take that fucking nap. Yeah, this is definitely not a time to be making big moves or changes unless they're being presented to you on a silver platter. Because both Scorpio and Taurus, where these eclipses are happening, are in fixed signs. They're fixed signs. So they don't love change. But eclipses are naturally inherently a time of change. So the best thing you can do, listeners, is hunker down in your self-care habits, prioritize your mental health over the next few weeks, the next month. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for that little advice, Emma. Um, I think that's a wrap for the Housewives this week. For everyone listening, make sure you hit subscribe so you never miss a House of Bravo episode. We would totally appreciate any reviews or ratings. You could shoot us a DM too. We put a lot of work into this love child of ours and we would really love to hear your feedback. Also, follow us on Instagram at the Cosmic Clubhouse. Yeah, you know, Emma and I have been one, really enjoying putting out this content together, but also to hope that you all enjoy the content as much as we've been putting it out so we can't wait to bring you more and on that see you next week bye <laughs>